welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what is happening with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys wrestling program. I am your host, Lee Cothran, and this is the first of two Bedlam weeks for this season. Get hyped. I want to start this thing off by talking about just how big a deal Bedlam wrestling is. I mean, from the top, the rivalry between the schools earned its name from a wrestling duel. Sometime before World War II, Gallagher Hall was so loud, so ruckus, that somebody left the arena and exclaimed, It's Bedlam in there. And it stuck. Old-timers tell stories about people literally hanging from the rafters to watch their duels at both OU and OSU. Before 1979, really, OU, OSU, and Iowa State were the three premier programs in collegiate wrestling. OSU and OU have combined for 41 national team titles, 741 All-Americans, 209 individual NCAA champions, 76 team conference titles, 472 individual conference champions, 61 Olympians, 16 Olympic gold medals. The list goes on. And it really dwarfs the combined rivalry of pretty much any two other programs short of Oklahoma State and Iowa. 10% of all of the All-Americans ever crowned at the NCAA tournament wrestled in Bedlam duels. 24%, a quarter of all NCAA champions wrestled in Bedlam duels. Wrestling is Bedlam. And it matters. It is important. It is relevant. People very much do care about it. The national narrative when Bedlam football is upon us is, well, it's not really a rivalry. Look how lopsided it is. I just shake my head. It's preposterous. And don't let Sooner fans fool you. They do care about wrestling far more than they let on. Last season, When they tied at the Big 12 tournament, they came out of the woodwork to talk about it and beat their chest about it. It really does matter to them deep down. We're really only 20 years removed from both OU and OSU being perennial trophy contenders at NCAAs. From duels at Gallagher Hall and McCaslin Fieldhouse being packed, people hanging from the rafters, light bulbs breaking from the amount of noise generated by the crowd. Brawls breaking out in the stands and on the mat. What happened to Bedlam? I have my theories. On the OSU side of things, I think our fans get a bit beat down by the nobody cares about wrestling and golf. Football is all that matters trope that we are bombarded with repeatedly every time we try to mention that Oklahoma State has 54 national champions. What do you mean we're little brother? What do you mean we're not a good athletic program? No matter what we point to to show our success as an overall athletic department, they say that and point to 90, 19, and 7. But have you ever noticed how much Sooner fans care about gymnastics and softball? Or how excited they got when they won a title in golf a couple of years ago? And how unfair it was that Oklahoma State won a golf national title at Karsten Creek, their home course, shortly thereafter? I think that OSU fans being hit with this argument repeatedly causes some to actually believe it. 
that all matters, all that matters is football, that nobody does care. And then it spirals and people stop showing up to duels and stop going to tournaments and stop knowing much about the sport. I also think that the inverse of this is true. Sooner fans have been saying nobody cares about wrestling for so long that they've forgotten that they have a top five all-time wrestling program. They should be proud of it. They should embrace their past in the sport. That the highest award in college wrestling, the Dan Hodge Trophy, the Heisman Trophy equivalent, is named after a Sooner wrestler. On Twitter, which, not to go on any tangents, but Twitter isn't the real world. Opinions and actions on that platform shouldn't be applied across entire groups of people. But on those platforms, social media platforms, posts about wrestling success from Oklahoma State fans are usually met with an ignorant comment or two from an OU fan trying to be funny, trying to put OSU in their place, quote unquote. But it typically comes off very hateful, sometimes homophobic, um, overall very gross. And recruits see that. The athletes see that. I firmly believe that this kind of attitude towards wrestling has cost OU their program. After Jack Spates retired in 2011, the Sooners hired Mark Cody to lead their program. Cody is a good coach. He's at Presbyterian now, leading their entire wrestling program. Before he was at OU, he led American University in Washington, D.C. to a fifth-place finish at the 2011 NCAA tournament. He wrestled at Missouri, had a stint as an assistant at Oklahoma State twice, as well as a long stint at Nebraska as an assistant. He got Bedlam, at least. Uh, Cody didn't feel that he was successful uh, at an appropriate level at OU, so he resigned in 2016, and in comes Lou Roselli the current head coach at OU. Roselli made a couple of pretty big mistakes early in his time with the Sooners. First was that he told people that he would need to recruit the East Coast to succeed at Oklahoma, that development wasn't up to par. He then proceeded to only commit to the one mandatory conference Bedlam matchup rather than continue the tradition of the teams meeting twice a year on home mats. While he has gotten investment in the Oklahoma RTC, and has had some decent senior-level athletes in Norman, as well as helped improve some development in the state, it has never really seemed like Roselli has ever bought into OE wrestling or tried to inject any passion into the Bedlam rivalry. He's always kind of seemed like he isn't really into the matchups, expecting the result that ultimately comes. Now, will this change? OU has been recruiting well lately, some local guys that we would ha- love to have in Stillwater are going to OU because the weights around them are very crowded at the OSU room. Christian Forbes from Broken Arrow, Tate Piccolo from Mustang, Ch- Josh Heinzelman from Piedmont, John Wiley from Mustang. Heck, Keegan Moore is on the OU roster this season, a transfer from both, well, the transfer from Oklahoma State with a quick stop in Northern Iowa. That's how a man with uh, warrants lives. Stillwater to Cedar Rapids to Norman is an interesting path for a a guy. But uh, will he have an impact? Will that animosity that he has towards Oklahoma State help put a chip on some shoulders and ignite some passion in the rivalry? 
I sure hope so. And I also hope that the wrestling fans at OU start to make a bit of noise about what is going on with their program. They should be better. They deserve better. And there are people who would take that job in a heartbeat and try to build them back up into being the national contender that they should be. As for the duel on Sunday, there are some weights that could be interesting. Will some of the veteran Sooners that have yet to make an appearance show up? Will there be any surprises? Let's get into it. At 125 pounds, number 12, Trevor Master Giovanni will take on Joey Prada, who's number 21, a senior from Richmond, Virginia, who transferred in for his final season from Virginia Tech. This is his first year in Norman. He's a two-time NCAA qualifier uh, with two third-place ACC finishes. He has some nice wins over Alex Mackle of Iowa State, Malik Heinzelman of Ohio State, and uh, Mike Diagostino at Northwestern, the um, man who knocked Mastro out of the championship bracket at NCAAs last year. Mastro's 2-2 two two against common opponents. Uh, Pratt is 2-4. and four. After watching a few of Prada's matches, uh, I, I, he's a good wrestler. Um, he can get funky and get himself into positions that allow him to um, score from weird positions. But with Mastro's speed that he's been exhibiting this season, uh, plus his length, I, I don't think that's going to work against uh, uh, Mastro, uh, the, the things that Prada does. I've seen him match up a couple times against rangier 125-pounders like Mastro, and um, it hasn't typically gone well for Prada. Um, so I'm going to pick Mastro to win by decision in this one. Um, he's uh, uh, really looked good this year so far. You know, he's picked up a couple upsets. Um, he's... Uh, just looks so fast, you know, speedy, just really, really good on his feet. So I uh, got to go with Mastro in that one with the decision. Uh, three nothing pokes. At 133 pounds, you have number two, Dayton Fix, versus number 19, Tony Madrigal, a senior from Oak Park, Illinois. This is their third time to face off. In 2019, uh, Dayton won by a tech fall. And last season in the duel, Dayton won by a fall. But at Big 12s, they met in the finals. Madrigal really wrestled over his head to make it to the finals in Big 12s. He beat some solid, solid wrestlers. Uh, 133 is a pretty tough weight class at Big 12s. And Madrigal did well to get himself to the finals. Part big part of the reason why the Sooners were able to tie for first at Big 12s last year. And then this match with Madrigal, I mean, this kind of decided the tie because Dayton Fix, if he repeats his uh, result from the duel and pins Madrigal, then Oklahoma State is outright Big 12 champions. If Fix just gets a major decision, Oklahoma State is going to be Big 12 champions outright last year. So... Won't have that sour taste in your mouth, right? Um, but Madrigal wrestled well enough to keep it to a 6-1 decision, uh, avoided allowing that extra takedown to make it a, or I guess extra two takedowns to make it a major decision. So 
good on him for it. Uh, OU got to share their conference title. They got to brag about it for the time being. So good for them. Dayton's 19 and one against common opponents and Tony's seven and 16 against those common opponents. So um, look, I'm going to pick the same result from the duel of last year. I think fix is wrestling. Well, I think he's got his weight under control. I think he's uh, now on a mission to start separating himself from the chaff in this 133 uh, field this year. So really expecting him to start packing on points and uh, scoring bonus and uh, picking up falls. So I'm going to pick fixed by a fall on this one. Post will go up nine to nothing going into 141 pounds. 141 pounds has some potential to be a, a huge matchup for Carter Young. He could take on number six, Dom Demas, a senior from Columbus, Ohio. But Demas hasn't wrestled this season at all. Registered for the CKLV tournament, but didn't compete. Uh, I saw a rumor that Demas wants to bump up to 149 pounds, but coaches don't want him to. A bit of a stalemate there in the room. So if he's going to come out, uh, Bedlam would probably be the duel to do it, right? You know, if Roselli wants to exhibit that he cares, that he, you know, gives a darn about Bedlam and OU wrestling, then um, you got to go Demas here, right? He's going to give you the best chance against the phenom freshman, Carter Young. Um, But as discussed, Roselli doesn't really seem to care. He doesn't really seem that into it, so who knows. Uh, if it is Demas, it's a tough test for Carter Young. Uh, Demas will look to muscle Young into those double unders that he loves so much and work that inside trip. Uh, we saw him do that several times against Cade Brock, and, and Cade kept giving it to him, you know, kept giving him double unders. Demas would get the inside trip, score some back points, and by the time Cade started working something else, working his offense, he was in too big of a hole. So, um, you know, I, I'd hate to see that happen with Carter Young. I think Carter's a little bit... Smarter is not the right word because Cade Brock was a very smart wrestler. But I think the way that Carter Young wrestles uh, is more conducive to... Um, Matching up well with Dom Demas, I think that we could see Young really work those leg attacks. The the issue against Demas, and just the way that guy's shaped, you know, he's got really heavy hips. So if Carter's able to get in on a leg, will he be able to finish the takedown? Right? What did he learn from that Minnesota duel that is going to allow him to improve on finishing those takedowns and? getting to a place where he can go behind a guy like Dom Demas, who's incredibly talented, and uh, pick up an upset. Um, It's going to be a really, really interesting test for Carter Young early in the season here uh, in a rivalry match on your rival's floor, so on and so forth. So uh, I hope that's the matchup we get to see. We need to see Carter Young get those matches and get those tests now. Um, I think that getting those tests early is going to allow him to build up confidence in the back half of the season. So really hope that's what we see. But if it's not Dom Demas, it'll be Jacob Butler, 
a junior from Elgin, Oklahoma. Uh, Butler's a three-time Oklahoma State champion, uh, and he could be effective, but I would definitely pick Young to win that one. So considering that, I and considering all that's going on with Dom Demas, I'm going to pick Young over Butler, 12 to nothing pokes. At 149 pounds, you've got number 20, Caden Gefeller versus number 15, Mitch Moore, a senior from St. Paris, Ohio, by way of Virginia Tech. He transferred a couple of years ago into the Sooners program. If it is Mitch Moore, uh, this match is going to be electric. Fireworks. Uh, G does his weird thing, gets funky, strange stance, all of his eclectic shots, uh, looking like um, Nacho Libre out there with his, uh, you know, weaving back and forth. And and Mitch Moore's a pinner. Uh, at Virginia Tech a couple of years ago, I think he did have like 14 pins or something like that. He's crazy. He is, a, he is a pinner and he looks for it big time. He wasn't as effective last year uh, in his first year with the Sooners looking for pins, but um, in his last year of competition, I expect him to really start looking for those and really start uh, working throws and, and doing all those things. He's a short guy, so he gets leverage, and that's how he wins matches. So with G, a little bit longer, a little bit faster, a little bit funkier, so it that could be interesting. G's always looking for a pin too, so uh, it, it could be a really great match. It's a big test for G. Um, and would be a huge win that would help him uh, get some confidence going into this big road trip coming up in a couple weeks. G's six and five against common opponents. Moore is eight and three. And uh, because I'm a homer, uh, toss ups go to the pokes. But I could see this one going either way. So uh, while I'm going to pick G by decision, uh, I could definitely see Mitch Moore picking up a decision win. Or uh, even pinning G. It, it wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, this one's going to be wild. So 149 is going to be a great matchup. Excited for it. Uh, but again, G by decision, so 15 nothing pokes. 157 pounds. Number 16, Wyatt Sheets versus number 15, Justin Thomas. A graduate senior from Huntington Beach, California. Uh, Wyatt's 2-3 and three all time against... Thomas. Uh, he dropped both bouts in 2021 um, season. So, and you know, one of them was by major decision, but it was the second duel and Wyatt was hurt late last season. I think that um, became pretty obvious and, and Thomas really exploited that. Um, you know, Cheats wasn't going to go to the NCAAs. In the last minute addition, he ended up getting that All-American honor. So, uh, he really toughed it out there, but I think he was really feeling it by that second Bedlam duel and then by Big 12s. I think Wyatt was really kind of just ready to be done for the season and go get his surgery and move on. Um, but this is, in my opinion, I think this is the match of the day. Uh, the guys are mostly equal. Uh, Sheets this season has been wrestling smart, heavy hips, uh, letting points come to him. He hasn't really been um, overextending himself or trying to exploit anything. He's really just been uh, letting his opponents come to him, make mistakes. 
Uh, Thomas, super experienced wrestler, so I don't know if he's going to do that. I think they're both going to do that kind of thing. I, this is going to be a three to two burner that might go to sudden victory, you know. So um, with that, I'm going to go with Wyatt. I think that Wyatt's wrestling really well this year. I think he's on a bit of a mission uh, to prove some things, and I think that he really wants to go out with a uh, solid showing this season, and he looks super healthy. So going to go with Wyatt by decision, 18 nothing pokes. At 165 pounds, you have number 5, Travis Whitlake, versus number 29, Joe Grello. A graduate senior from Newton, New Jersey, by way of Rutgers. Uh, Grello qualified for NCAAs in 2019 from Rutgers. Uh, he's a 2015 Cadet World team member, um, so he hasn't quite had the career that he was expected to have coming out of high school there for Rutgers. Um, so he transferred, changed his scenery to Norman. He's been wrestling okay. You know, got that number 29 ranking. He'll probably qualify for NCAAs, but uh, Whitley's going to be a bit too much for this guy. Um, so I'm going to go with him by decision. I think it'll probably be like a 7-2 to two type of decision. And uh, we'll see if the pokes go up 21 to nothing. Whitlake, don't really know if this is going to be a test for him. Watching a couple Joe, Gro- Joe Grello matches, he just um, kind of plays to Travis's strengths. He will... Uh, Try to be, be defensive. Whitlake will get a ankle pick, and uh, that'll be that. So I, I just don't see it happening for Grello in that one. At 174 pounds, you got number nine Dustin Plot versus Anthony Mantanona, unranked senior from Palm Desert, California. Plot and Mantanona split the series last season. And Plot is 12 and 5 versus common opponents to Mantanona's 14 and 5. I've never been impressed by Mantanona. He had a great year in 2020, sure. Finished second at Big 12s, beat Andrew Shomers in the duel, and in the Bedlam duel, and then also Joe Smith in the second Bedlam duel. Um, but it really feels like he took a big step. Back last year, I say that knowing that he beat Dustin Plot um, seven to four in the second Bedlam duel. But I th- I think he really exploited Plot's shoulder injury in that second match. He um, was really working it, was really working a collar tie that put Plot's shoulder into a weird position, and I, I think Plot was having trouble getting in on a shot on after that was happening. Um, so I think he exploited that, and that's what caused him to pick up the win. But this year, he's just been not really good. He hasn't been winning matches. I mean, how do you go... So preseason last year, he was number six in the country. How do you go from number six to unranked, right? Um, I'm just... I'm, I'm not impressed with Mantanona. I... You talk about the it factor in sports, right? Some guys have it. Some guys don't. Mantanona, every time I've seen him wrestle, I've thought, I just he doesn't seem to have that grit, you know, that want to, that ability to take all of his hard work and say, I'm not going to lose this match. 
He never really seems to just want to win. He just goes out there and he and he does win. Talent's gotten him a long way, but I don't. I don't. I just. I've, I've never been impressed with him. Um, so I think Plot's going to win this one easily. Uh, Plot's been wrestling great. His shoulders fixed. He's healthy. Um, I think he's going to win this easy. It'll be a decision. He might continue to make some of those young guy mistakes that he's made and give up a takedown, but ultimately I think it'll be like eight to three. So plot by decision there. Pokes go up 24 to nothing. 184 pounds. You've got number seven, Dakota Gear versus number 18, Darian Roberts, a junior from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Gear won both of these bouts by major decision last year. And I'm expecting a repeat. This has been the start of a murderer's row for OSU this season. I think that in two of the three duels, all three of the heavyweight guys have scored uh, bonus points. And it started with gear really just setting the tone there. So I think Minnesota may have been the only one that gear didn't get bonus points. And then uh, Cerber obviously lost to Gable Stevenson. But uh, in the other two duels, it's really started with Gear going out, getting a tech fall. Then Ferrari does his thing. Cerber does his thing. It's been a pretty fun uh, to watch. But uh, expecting him to go out and at least get a major decision here against Roberts again. Uh, expecting him to dominate. So Gear's been the, a great leader of this group. So uh, major decision will put the pokes up 28 to nothing. At 197 pounds, you're going to have number one AJ Ferrari taking on number 11 Jake Woodley, a senior from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In my mentions this week, people almost seem eager to pick Woodley over AJ. It's really weird to me. AJ has still only been taken down like twice in his career. He beat Woodley three times last year, and it's pretty comfortable. Woodley couldn't get to AJ's legs, plain and simple. I do think AJ's bonus strength streak ends in this one uh, but I think he'll win comfortably I don't think Woodley has what it takes to get to AJ's legs Woodley's a really solid wrestler he's really good but uh, AJ's just exceptional so uh, 31 nothing pokes after the 197 bout it'll have been locked up for a while Sooner fans will be heading for the exits and then we'll see Another candidate for match of the night here with number 30, Luke Serber, taking on unranked Josh Heinzelman, a sophomore from Piedmont, Oklahoma. Heinzelman hasn't been having a great season thus far. Uh, He's really struggled to pick up wins, but is keeping matches close, even against the really good guys in the class. Uh, But he's lost to some guys who are pretty average, guys who are going to be fringe qualifiers from schools like Akron, right? This is an interesting one for Serber. Based on the Peter Ming match, I think he will pick up a victory and complete the shutout. Serber's super quick and incredibly strong. Uh, You see him really reaping the benefits of being a 165 and 174 pounder for his high school career. Um, He's fast, he's explosive, he can work go-behinds really well. And guys who have been heavyweights for a long time usually get surprised by that kind of thing. So, um, Serber's been exploiting that against 
bigger guys. Uh, it doesn't work against guys like Gable Steveson. But I do think it'll work against guys like Heinzelman, who they're super familiar with each other. Uh, Serber said they used to room together in uh, travel trips, you know, growing up in Tuttle and Piedmont. They uh, knew each other really well. They're, they're friends. But Serber never thought they would wrestle because he was so much lighter. But here we are. Heinzelman's also strong. Um, but I just think that speed and the constant leg attacks from Serber will put him over the top. Uh, Serber is, you know, two and one this year with two bonus point victories. But I think he'll have a decision in this one. And the Pokes will finish the shutout 34 to nothing. So to recap that, I have Mastro winning by decision, Fix winning by fall. Young winning by decision, if it's Butler. G winning by decision. Wyatt winning by decision. Whitlake winning by decision. Plot winning by decision. Gear winning by major. AJ win by decision. Cerber win by decision. 34 nothing pokes. So, expecting a shutout. I do think it's going to be competitive individually. I do not think that the Sooners have much of a chance to win this duel. A couple of things to note that I wanted to point out as I was putting this together. So the Sooners roster, 125 pounds, Joey Prada from Richmond, Virginia, Tony Madrigal at 133 pounds, Oak Park, Illinois, Dom Demas, 141 pounds, Columbus, Ohio, Mitch Moore, 149 pounds, from St. Paris, Ohio. Justin Thomas, 157 pounds, Huntington Beach, California. 165 pounds, Joe Grello, from Newton, New Jersey. 174 pounds, Anthony Mantanona, a senior... Oh, I'm sorry. 174 pounds, Anthony Mantanona, from Palm Desert, California. 184 pounds, Darian Roberts, a junior from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. 197 pounds, Jake Woodley from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Heavyweight, Josh Heinzelman from Piedmont, Oklahoma. That has to change. One starter from Oklahoma, one backup from Oklahoma. It is getting better. I read off some names earlier. Tate Picklow, Christian Forbes, John Wiley. But OU needs to recruit local guys and get better. Local guys are going to get Bedlam. They're going to compete for you. Just being real here, a lot of them grow up OU fans, right? They cheer for OU football. Just how it is, you know? And... A lot of OSU wrestlers will tell you that. I think Dustin Plott grew up a Sooners fan. Uh, Kyle Crutchmer grew up a Sooners fan. They've abandoned it since they got on campus. But it's just the reality of it. We know that. It's Oklahoma, you know. Grandpa probably went to OU. If anybody didn't go to, if they didn't go to college and they cheer for OU, you know, that's just how it goes. So OU needs to recruit those guys. They'll be loyal to them. They'll compete for them. The talent's there. Even if they're getting second pick from OSU, 
right? The talent's there. The second best guy in the state is going to be a multi-time All-American. So I really think OU needs to make some changes and get their strategy in line and recruit local guys, start competing with OSU, and make this thing real. They've got an opportunity. They need to take advantage of it. I had a lot of questions from y'all this week, which thank you so much for participating. I, I really love answering the questions. I would like to get more voice messages on the uh, Anchor app, but I love answering the questions from Twitter too. So keep them coming every week. Um, I really, really, really appreciate uh, interacting with y'all and, and answering these questions and picking them up fr- from you. And I hope you respond, right? Let's make sure that we build a community out of this thing um, of Oklahoma State wrestling fans. It's important. So uh, Dr. Cook uh, at Water Gunner 42 he asked, what is OU's potential lineup? Where do you see an upset? Why does everyone look better in orange? So that first one, we went over it. Where do I see an upset? Um, the only place I could really see an upset may be in Mantanona over Plot or Prada over Mastro, but I, I I actually just don't see either of those happening. After watching some film on both of them, I just don't think it's going to work out for the Sooners in that regard. Um, you know, some people think that Woodley is going to be able to keep it more competitive against Ferrari, but I'm going to have to see that to believe it. And of course, Heinzelman could pick up a win over Cerber. That would technically be an upset. Um but the upset I would really like to see is Carter Young over Dom Demas. That's the upset I want. So uh, if there aren't many upsets the other way, um, but uh, I want that one. I want uh, Carter Young to pick off Dom Demas. He's had way too much success against the Cowboys in his career at OU. So I'd love to see that put to an end. At Jason Hildreth, or at Hildreth Jason, said, So many great matchups. Which one are you looking forward to the most? I'm leaning Cerber and Heinzelman. So, um, yeah, again, there are a lot of great matchups. It is going to be a competitive duel. Um, I, re- again, really want Carter Young and Dom Demas. If we don't get that, then the next most exciting one to me, I think, is going to be... Um, Sheets and Thomas. Um, I think it's big for both of them. They're experienced. They're uh, guys who know each other well. They're guys who are uh, looking to go out with a bang. You know, you don't want to lose your last Bedlam matches, right? Um, Sheets especially doesn't. So I would really like, I'm really excited to see that one. I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Uh, If we don't get young and Demas, then Sheets and Thomas is definitely my next favorite matchup. So thanks for the question, Jason. At Robert R. Falk said, asked, Mitch Moore got hurt last week. Will he go? Is Piccolo going to wrestle at all this year? And who on their team or of their current commits 
did we recruit or would we like to have? And why doesn't OU care about wrestling? So, um, yeah, Mitch Moore got hurt last week. He defaulted out of uh, the Cliff King Las Vegas tournament. Um, I don't know if we'll see him this week. I hope we see him this week. I think that's a good test for G. I'd like to see him uh, go out there and wrestle that one. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they sent Mitch out. Um, He's a senior uh, don't want to risk it, right? So, who knows, right? They're keeping that one pretty close to the chest. They might send him out to shake hands, you know, do the Mitch Moore or uh, the, uh, who's his backup? Probably Willie McDougal, the freshman from Niagara Falls. So, they'll both go shake hands and they'll throw McDougal out there or something like that. We'll see. Is Piccolo going to wrestle at all this year? I don't think so. I think Piccolo is probably going to redshirt, uh, like a real red shirt, right? Um, I've heard some rumors about Piccolo that uh, I guess I don't want to get into too many details, but I think he has been a little bit unhappy with the quality of his training partners at OU. Um, Woodley's a good wrestler at 197, so that's probably keeping him out of the lineup. And Woodley's a senior, so might as well redshirt him. And then throw him out there um, for the next season. He'll be a redshirt freshman. He'll have had two years in the program. He'll uh, really have had an opportunity to grow. So I, I think redshirting him is probably the smart thing uh, for both parties. But if uh, you keep him off the mat too long, you run the risk of him transferring out, right? So uh, going to a place where he might be a bit more appreciated. I think Nebraska um, was after him pretty hard. Uh, There are some others. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Tate Piccolo. Um, I think he'd be a great fit at the OSU room, but unfortunately, you know, that 184 to heavyweight is pretty crowded right now. Um, He'd have to cut some weight to, to fit into the lineup. Uh, what recruits of theirs would we like to have? Um, number one for me is Joey Cruz. He's a three-time California state champion and a career 125-pounder. So, uh, you know, those. this is his senior year in California, so he could be a four-time California state champion, which if you don't know about California high school wrestling, California only has one division in wrestling. So every wrestler in the state competes on the same level no matter how big or small their school is or what their resources are. So if you're a multi-time state champion in California, you're a damn good wrestler. It's just the plain and simple of that. Uh, Joey Cruz, I think he's from Clovis, uh, so out near Fresno. Um, Tough, tough, tough kid. You know, really, really solid wrestler. He beat... Richie Figueroa, who OSU was in on until pretty late in the process. So um, I think that uh, Joey Cruz is going to be a really solid wrestler for OU uh, at 125 pounds for his whole career. Um, God, would love to have that in our uh, room for sure, for sure. And then why doesn't OU care about wrestling? Kind of touched on that earlier, but I think it's a combination of just they don't like uh, us beating them and things, and uh, I don't think they can handle it well. And because 
as we talked about in the last podcast, it would take 50, what was the stat? 59 years of OU winning every single year to catch OSU. Yeah. They have to win every duel twice a year for 59 years to catch up with OSU, just to make the series even. So uh, I think that's probably why they uh, don't care about wrestling. You know, it's hard for us to say we don't care about football because it's a lie. <laughs> but for them, it's it's unfortunately it's easy for them to say that they don't care about wrestling. But I don't think it's true. I think people there who care about their school ultimately really do care about wrestling. So thanks for the question, Robert. Uh, and thanks for all the interaction. You've been great. Uh, Glenn at Warm Bucket 1845 asked, what weight? has the best chance for a bedlam moment, e.g. Cade Brock over Cody Brewer. Um, (laughs) So that goes both ways, right? Who's going to get the bedlam moment? Who's going to be Dr. Mitch? Uh, Who's going to uh, be, you know, um, the Jackson Brawl, things like that. So I think that... uh, there aren't a ton of upsets one way this year. If Dom Demas doesn't wrestle, then that's really the only place we can see that bedlam moment this year is Carter Young over Dom Demas. But if it's the other guy, then it doesn't really matter. I guess we could see Caden Gefeller go out and make a statement against Mitch Moore. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be a really great opportunity for G to... Um, Make make a really big statement. I'm back. I'm serious about wrestling. I'm out of the doghouse, and I'm here to, you know, crack some skulls. So I'd love to see that from G. Would would really 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 love it. I think that's probably the the one where if if we don't again if we don't see Carter Young and Dom Demas, then uh, I'm gonna say G has a good chance to go out and uh, put a beating on Mitch Moore, and then uh, we'll see, right? Tom V at Left Leg Lead asked me for my thoughts on OU's assistant coaches. Um, I have a ton of respect for OU's assistant coaches. And I know that sounds weird because I don't have a ton of respect for their head coach. Um, But I sat next to Nick Heflin on a plane one time from DFW to Miami and uh, we talked about wrestling. He had just taken on a volunteer assistant role at OU. Uh, he had just finished his career at Ohio State. He lost in the NCAA Finals to Jaden Cox. Um, he's a really, really good wrestler. And, you know, we talked about coaching and we talked about OU and resources and things like that. And he had some interesting things to say about OU's resources. He said they didn't lack for anything. Um, They had plenty. They got whatever they wanted. Uh, Lou Roselli, when he asked for it, he gets it, right? So Oklahoma RTC, uh, gear, travel, all that stuff. Never really had any problems fundraising, which I found really interesting. So that means, to go back to... Robert's question, OU does care about wrestling, right? They don't put money into things they don't care about. 
I that's just plain and simple. That's true for everybody. Penn State, great example. Penn State, when they started, when Penn State puts resources into anything, they win. They have a super well-rounded athletic program. Um, they're probably going to catch us in national titles here pretty soon because they're really good at sports we don't have. And they have a lot more sports than we do. I think they have like 16 varsity sports or something like that to our nine, right? But like women's volleyball and lacrosse and field hockey and sports like that, Penn State's really good at almost everything. When they decided to point resources towards wrestling and hire Kale, they have won nine national titles in the past, you know, 12 years or whatever it is. So um, Penn State puts money towards it. They care about it. They Basketball. Penn State basketball is the one dark spot there. They don't care about basketball. Their fans don't show up. They sell out everything else. They sell out wrestling. They sell out, you know, (laughs) the ice hockey. People don't go to their basketball games. They've never been good. They have never really put any resources towards it. So that's, they don't care, you know. But OU isn't, they don't have the money that Penn State has. If they didn't care about wrestling, they wouldn't put money towards it, period. So Heflin had some good things to say about that. He said some things, had some things to say about athletes. He is going to be the guy, you know, he's from Ohio, so he's going to recruit up there. It's just kind of how it is. But then Mike Leitner, I mean, I, I don't really understand why they didn't just make him the head coach after Mark Cody left. Uh, he's been with the program for 13 years now, off and on. He is one of their most decorated wrestlers from recent history. He's a four-time Big 12 champion, a national champion. Um, he's kind of getting up there, but uh, Leitner is a solid coach and somebody that... Uh, um, I think should be their head coach. You know, he gets it. He gets OU. He uh, is there. He's a guy that has been around a while. And then Sam uh, Sam Hayeswinkle is going to be their volunteer assistant coach right now. He was the head coach at Central Oklahoma. So, uh, or was it Oklahoma City University? So, kind of interesting to see him take on a volunteer assistant role. I think he's the head coach at the RTC, but. Uh, Hayes Winkle, you know, Olympic team member back in 2012, um, had a really solid college career at OU. I think he was a four-time All-American, um, just a, a really good wrestler. So, you know, they've got guys who can wrestle and who are really talented. Um, hasn't really turned into development, right? Um, like I've said, Dom Demas is kind of the same guy. He's been. Uh, Josh Heinzelman seems to be getting worse. Tony Mantanona seems to be getting worse. So, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe they, maybe I shouldn't have much respect for their assistant coaches, but I do. I think they've got some good ones there. Thanks for the question, Tom. Really, really appreciate it. And then our boy Kemp, he asked me if my opinion has changed on this team after the first few duels. Has my opinion changed on the individuals? 
and my predictions. Um, and, and it's too early for me to be changing up my opinions on this team and on any individuals. Um, you know, we're three duels in. Uh, so uh, ask me that question again in um, January and we'll discuss it. You know, I still think this team has potential to go win something big this year. Um, you have a couple guys here who are question marks in Cerber and Young. And then you have a couple guys who can wrestle over their heads at any given time in Sheets and G. And you've got a couple of question marks still out there with Master on Plot. So I think this could be a really special team still. And I'm excited to see them go out and perform. With that, the duel is going to be on Sunday. It's going to be Sunday at 5 o'clock Central Time. God's Time. Central Time. At Lloyd Noble Center in Norman. Tickets are like 15 bucks. I think that the guitarist for the Turnpike Troubadours is playing the National Anthem. So that should be fun. And if you can't make it to Norman, which I can't blame you, I don't want to go there either. Um, It's going to be on TV, so national broadcast, ESPNU. So tune in. Uh, It's really important. If you're not going to be there in person, watch it on TV. The numbers really, really matter for this kind of thing. So uh, hopefully not just OSU and OU fans, but wrestling fans at large really turn out for this one. So thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate y'all. Appreciate the interaction. Appreciate the questions. Um, Let me know how I'm doing at Lee Cawthorn on Twitter. Give me feedback. If you disagree with me, if you agree with me, if you want to call me an idiot, if you want to, you know, (laughs) get in a fight, let's do it. You know, find me on Twitter at Lee Cawthorn. So really, really looking forward to uh, interacting with y'all. Really looking forward to seeing how the pokes do on Sunday. Again, five o'clock central on ESPNU or at the Lloyd Noble Center in Norman. So everyone have a great weekend and we will see y'all again on Tuesday. As always, go pokes.